All right, I just recorded. Um, yeah, that does not play well. So that was fun. That didn't just take up forty-five minutes of our t- recording time. <laughs> um, yeah. So note to everybody: Chromebooks do not play well with HP laptops. Not even a little bit. But Apple's coming in clutch. Yeah, I think they're. Um, they run like both uh, platforms with that leopard. I think the back in the day when they brought that out. I'm just trying to resituate since I had to switch devices. But I'm like waiting for you to, to like not be able to hear you or see you. Like one of them goes out. I'm on Apple. We're good. Okay. The ultimate user friendly guy. You want to put your headphones in or not? Good call. I wasn't yeah. going to use them before. But now I can't. Now you can. They really don't play nice. Dude, they will not let my Apple headphones connect. They're like, yeah. Nah. That's weird. Like, they should have, like, an app that would allow that somehow. Like, you can jailbreak it or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I had to plug this in. I was only on 5%, but it's... Literally in the wall, so we should be good. All right, cool. Cool, cool. All right, let's see. Um, so what's new with you? Uh, just obviously knowing that figuring out that I know nothing about tech, that's the first place. But can you hear me in the headphones now? Yep. All right, I got there you. we go. All right, now we're good. What was the question? What's new with you? <laughs> uh, a bunch. I mean, utilizing that new coaching app. Yeah. It's been working out great. That laptop has absolutely changed my life with being able to utilize stuff I need to do on the back end for updating programs, setting up all the back end stuff. Yeah. But yeah, for whatever reason, it is not Zoom friendly. Hmm. Freaking crazy. Um, I was trying to figure out how to like share my phone on with this one, but it for some reason only wants to do it with iPhones. What is up with this? Like, I swear, it's uh, this is brand loyalty, just like coaching yeah. loyalty. Yeah, why is Zoom? <laughs> why is Zoom partnered up with Apple? Um, so I just got back from getting quotes on the uh the vinyl wrap for my my forerunner and some wheels so that's where i've been all day and then now we got this person coming so i have to sign some papers to finish up with clothing so there you go what are you wrapping it is it going to be like your logo stuff or is it just going to be a different color uh it's just going to be some colors so like uh here, let me share my screen so, but um, yeah, it would be um, satin white. Okay, nice. That's yeah. so you're just going with another white. Yeah, but it's gonna be like satin, so it'll be kind of like see, like I don't know if I want to do something like that, like this retro style, which is kind of cool. Or um, why, why don't you put your brand somewhere and use it as a partial write-off? 
I can put it on the window and I can still use it. There you go. Yeah, because if I get it done by the same company, then this the whole expense can be done. But it's like not for the car. So it'll be for like gas and travel, but um you can pay some of the initial like um installation for it. So yeah, I mean like the wrap, I think it's gonna cost like um I got quoted like four just over four grand for um a three M wrap and ceramic coating to protect it and then um my headlights will be vinyl uh, be vinyl um blackout headlights and vinyl blackout tail lights but um what color are the wheels going to be bronze okay because yeah. i know someone that went like blacked out rims and i don't know if i liked it very much yeah, like there's some people that murder it out, and uh, I I feel like every person that's been on um, these Forerunner pages have been saying how like they they don't like the um, the black on black after a while, like they get bored. But then you got like this kind of cool stuff. So, it's like I could pay. Obviously, that's that looks like something the guys that you know, or like Branch Warren would do. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of them did yeah. you watch any of the podcasts that they had from the olympia that they chopped into three parts uh yeah podcast? Part, part one and part of part two i, stopped. I couldn't get through it yeah i it, it was very hard because it wasn't them like just bantering um I think I prefer the banter with them a lot more than kind of them interacting with the fans. Cause like, you know, we, we met them at the Tampa pro and um, even though we didn't get like talk, talk, but like there's, it's kind of the same, the same way that they were talking to them or they, that's how they talked to me. So it's kind of, I don't know. Like I, I feel like they should have like, um, it would have been funny if they would have like joked a little bit more, like kind of, made you know made fun of them and stuff like that kind of like almost how like how they do like rate your physique like something yeah. like that because i'm i'm sure everyone would wouldn't take offense to it so um i think that'd be totally fine like you know if, if who had and justin ragged on you a bit do you know what i think they should do i don't think they should have like five ten minute slots and try to recycle people because they're going to ask the same question, literally just try to get the conversation started with new people. Yeah. I think they should uh, basically put it up for bidding. And the next time they record at an event, be like one special guest, they basically put it up to a bidding war. And if somebody, first off, it's going to be a source of income. It's yeah. someone that's, it will be interesting to be like, they could have, like, if it gets high, five, six, seven grand, their first question would be like, how are you so stupid to pay us for it? Now, like, and it would start off like in a funny way. Like it would be a joking thing, be like, oh, you just you just bought part of my yacht. Like he could feed into the whole want to be rich thing, but then you have someone that will be there and they can get a little more comfortable and they can just go into their normal podcast and just incorporate a, a special, a fan, a guest, Oh so, yeah. 
Yeah. I think that would go better. Almost like how they did like an the open discussion one where they're on the stage. That one worked out well because they're bantering, but then they took questions. I, I yeah, so kind of like that. Like that would be a great idea. Um, I didn't know that that was I thought they just like did like shortcuts or short edits. So they only had like five minutes with each person. Yeah, because he was talking about it before. It didn't go well or that well in his opinion, because the soon as you started trying to talk to someone, they're going to try to be cycling people through faster. But if they finally got someone to talk a little bit more, that person would be in there 10 minutes and then the next person. And it's just like, for Watson, it was hard because of the time delay. He's like, it was a cool concept, but it normally takes people a little bit to get comfortable. Yeah. And by the time they're remotely getting even a little bit comfortable, which five minutes you're not getting comfortable, it is time. Like you literally seen the people that were help, like helping him with it, walk yeah. up and tap his watch on. I think it was the first part of it, like based on what we were trying to do. Like ten minutes is too long. You'll have four guests. Yeah, it's kind of like the double-edged sword of being so popular, right? So it's like, man, it's like you want to be able to like show appreciation and such to your fans but then like how can you do that by let's say favoring one person more than the other when they're all paying the same price um where i think if you have a higher premium price you spend longer time with them or so i don't think any of this was paid i think they just stood in the line and they like i thought it was part of the booth no Hmm. that's why i was saying i think that would limit it because if yeah, they just do a bitter like whoever at the event they're already going to be there. Yeah, maybe do that and then have them somebody outside with a mic, and you can go in and have them turn on the mic and be like, ask the guys one question because they had the TV on the outside of the booth so people mm-hmm. could watch and listen. Maybe either you have nobody in there or you do something like the bidding thing. It's that person is part of that entire episode, and then they could have someone outside with a mic. And like, oh, well, ask a question. And then yeah. they could riff on that question. And that could be the free stuff, just to stand in line. Stand in line, you get to ask like a, a one-off question. Right. Someone in there has to actually be in there for a meaningful time, I think. Yeah. Eh, you know, I think that uh, the next time that they, they do something like this, it'll be better. I mean, it's like the whole like learning from your mistake. And um, yeah, but. It sounds yeah, like I, they already learned because that before yeah. these dropped, he was already talking about like that did not go as planned. Like we're not doing <laughs> we're not doing it that way again. So like I think they already took took stuff away from that. Right. Huh. Yeah, it's it's cool though. Um I do like the, the innovation and such from from these companies now because back in the day, man, it was just like you would walk through the line, grab your samples, shake hands, take pictures. Like shake some babies and then leave. So it's like, yeah. That explains um, a lot. But, uh, or you just stay in the line forever, right? So it's like, and then I think Rob and Daniel and Bailey, they kind of made the whole tour thing when they, she toured from wherever, she, like around um, to Tampa Pro, I think, because she came to Gainesville whenever I was there. And so she came to the powerhouse over there and we met them. Um, but I think they kind of made that popular with their like little tour that they did. Um, but now they're trying to bring those, it's like the same tour type inside 
the um the venues so but yeah I, i'd pay money you know if if i had the the resources to go see them and ask questions hang out in the booth um i do think it's kind of weird that like people again I, the whole relationship thing over the internet like really is kind of weird and i and i know that they talked about this before too they're like you know they see us and we talk and we're friends, but then like they want to make these same comments, but they don't like we don't know that they're joking. And so it's like it's hard to tell. But yeah, it's kind of change topic a little bit. Did you see my story from the other night while I was walking? My mm -hmm. first couple influences in the oh. fitness. <laughs> so did you see what happened? Yeah, they reposted it. Both uh, yeah. both Chris Jones and Mark Lobliner reposting and i interacted with mark via dms a few times yeah. obviously we already knew he was a cool dude but cool dude so i reshared that uh, yeah. they did that he and mark lobliner is like just a bro i'm like because when i reshared and obviously he got notified that i'm like even at their level whatever whatever mm -hmm. and said some nice things about him but his response to that once i reshared he's like just a bro yeah like, that's pretty cool <laughs> Yeah, did you see him when he was traveling around with Sean Torbody with the out, outright bars? So I missed him, and I almost told him that in the direct messages. Yeah. However, I know that relationship fell on its face, so I didn't want to. Remember yeah. when you were going around the country for a business uh, <laughs> partnership that didn't go well? Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. So I don't just... worry. You're in the same club as HD Muscle now. So, uh, you know, you guys are all have like a little club. If I'm being honest, I, I like Mark Lobliner, but that HD muscle loss made me more upset. That's not like a yeah. lot more upset. And then, and then they're like, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna replace that with our own like private brand comparison." I'm like, "No, you're not. Like, I like you won't even allow certain like you don't have access to certain uh, companies to get these trademark ingredients that are awesome, right? Or and you don't have a team to innovate. Like, I." I there's not a good team. Or they're not going to put a big enough budget in place to dose stuff like they were getting dosed. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and again, it's just, um, we'll see what happens uh, next month. Who knows? Nice. Something might happen. So, do you have some news for us? Are you going to be the new CEO of the vitamin shop? <laughs> no. Um, no. Uh, but we're we're shooting for a, a better position within the company um, because it, I think it's um, I think it's so pointless for companies to build themselves up and claim that they are for the consumer, they're for the community, but yet they never put out that, and they don't they, like it doesn't reflect. Whereas you have other companies, I mean, even smaller ones like Mark Lobiner's. So we'll go back to him his companies, it's like he always gives to the community and wherever he's at, and then outside of his community as well to, to all of his consumers. And he's a Fortune 500 company. All, I think Tiger Fitness is, MTS Nutrition might be, but like his gym, no? I don't think Maybe MTS Tiger is, Fitness. but I think Tiger Fitness. Tiger, Tiger Fitness, and his gym is free. I mean, he gives to the community. So, um, but not the carbon culture one, obviously that's not great, but um, yeah, it's, it's true like i'm i am not a fan of these corporate um relationships 
within companies. And I don't like corporations and how they treat the consumer and their employees. Um, but, uh, you know, I, you I, have to I get involved. I try to look at it from both sides because some of these things make sense from a business standpoint. Yep. However, I don't feel like the vitamin sh shop classifies in either of them. I don't think they make like, we are making this decision purely to, for the investors. This is purely a grow the business thing. Yeah. It seems like a lot of, they try a lot of things that are supposed to be for the consumer that suck. They yeah. suck for the employees. They suck for the, like it doesn't really do anything for the customer. So it's not a meaningful step to grow the business even bigger than it is. Yeah. And it's not a meaningful step for the customer. Like the customer doesn't feel what they're trying to make them feel with some of the stuff they put up. Like yeah. I just, some of the stuff doesn't make sense. Just like those stupid sales up to 60% off. And it's one item in the entire store that's 60% off. Yeah. And it's something that they overspent and they didn't sell or whatever. And it's supposed to, and I understand the business tactic. It's supposed to draw people and a consumer in, and then they maybe purchase that one thing or something that's like 30% off, 40% off. And so you, you just try to attract them. It's like attracting flies, right? You're just opening up the garbage can lid and the, yeah, the, they're prioritizing their, their money or they're allocating their money in, in a different area that shouldn't be totally invested in like they're throwing all their eggs in one basket as far as like the it technology um omni-channel uh logistics things like that but that's kind of like those logistics things or that's their problem like they should have positions to to um to uh what's what's the word like to oversee those right and to, to make sure that nothing wrong is happening um but uh like a compliance department for every sub department within the company but uh when you're a vitamin shop and you're a specialty store or a corporation like there should be a rhyme to reason as to, as to like why you're delivering these products to your consumers let's not give the crappiest i'd rather have less options and better options rather than a bunch of options with with like poor quality so um better quality less options in my opinion is going to be that you don't have to make you don't have to waste so much money on making all these different SKUs um that really don't get bought and you, we see the the expiration of all these items so. so i think they i think they do make a lot of great products especially like yeah. individualized vitamin options like magnesium i think they do a lot of individual things well but they do carry a lot of lower quality products. And we have, after I explain this stuff to customers, they then be like, why do you carry the shitty one then? Like, yeah. It, I and I understand, an it, you know, it's for like the consumer that's on a budget and stuff. Whereas like, hey, why would you want, like if you're coming here for your, let's say your high quality fish oil or pycnogen, right? Whatever, Zelon cinnamon. But your budget is, hey, I need to get like a $10 multivitamin that can take a day, right? For $10 per month versus the V Thrive, which is like a 20 something dollar one, right? It's like less than a dollar a day. But it's like, is that really benefiting you? Like, is, or, or you know, is this expense of a one daily Centrum Silver style multivitamin really 
needful for that person. I mean, because if that's the case, then just get rid of, like we have third-party brands that we sell. And so why not just show them that option, the third-party brand? And uh, I mean, you you make your profit off of uh, these SKUs that have a higher return on investment, a higher profitability margin. But yeah, I, I don't know. So I don't have virtually any client utilizing a multivitamin. If they were taking a multivitamin when they start with me, I tend to not have them stop. I let them finish using it. Yeah. But if I was going to have someone take a just very basic one day multivitamin, I think the V Thrive one is one of the better ones yeah. in the store, especially yeah. for one day. Well, for with any company, I mean, you look at like, so I can, I can think of a few companies. I mean, let's, let's say Revive. I like Revive. However, they cut corners with some of their choices, like for vitamin B6, they put um, uh, paradoxin in there. They don't put P5P. Like, why would you, why would you cut the corner on that when you're throwing in NAC into your immune multi, but yet you're not giving me the bioactive form of vitamin B6? Like, there's some choices that I'm like, why do you guys do that? Um, same thing with like B12. Like, they don't do the methyl form; they do the cyanide form. So it's like. I, I don't know. Still it, weird. Isn't there an argument that genetic there's genetic variance to people's ability to methylate B vitamins? So there might be a, a portion of the population that do okay with that. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the problem is that there's more from um the more that we get data and collect data from persons who actually need these multivitamins for like let's say prenatals or women, um, typically you have a, a reason why you need to that help. And so you're probably poorly, you probably have a poor metabolic function to begin with. And so you probably do have that genetic disorder, that genetic trait that causes you to have um, a, a mutation where you can't methylate those. And uh, like, I, I understand, like, if you're just trying to, again, please the, the masses of like, the lower consumer, you know, people who would go to CVS or Walmart to buy some of their their stuff uh, that's lower quality. Um, okay, that's like, I don't know, like I would just stick with a more premium line because then now you have better results. Um, but but again, like I'm I'm not a big sales person. I hate selling stuff to people without some sort of like like not a guarantee, but I'm like, I really know that this is going to help you alongside with your habit change. <laughs> so there's no miracle pill out there. Um, but, and I think this has been beat to death that there's no one pill that's going to do the result for you. No one food. But um, I think there is a choice between suboptimal and optimal. I would definitely go with optimal and then take less other supplement. So, I mean, that's, that's the route that I would go. And I feel like there are places you can cut corners to save the consumer cost. Yeah. Like a whey concentrate. Is that still protein? Yes. Mm -hmm. Is it still whey protein? Yes. Are you going to deal with a little more lactose, maybe digestive issues, but like, it makes sense to have a, maybe a budget protein, like either they're going to do that or they're going to drink a gallon of milk or something like whey protein is going to be a, a better amino acid profile. So like cutting or offering a lower 
quality thing in that case, but it's still like it's still a quality protein. It's just the digestibility, people that have issues with lactose, like as long as the customer is informed, like, oh, I save eight bucks, ten bucks on a large tub, but I might have a little digestive issues if I have trouble with lactose. I think that's still a good option. But putting a fish oil on the shelf that has 300 milligrams of actual omega-3 and 700 milligrams of filler oils, like I roast yep. that natural fish oil. And there's yeah. a couple. It's literally 180 EPA, 120 DHA. So that's 300 milligrams of actual omega-3. And then yeah. the rest of it in the ingredients, the first thing listed is water. I'm like, you're literally buying a water pill. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, fish oil, like it does anything anyways for you. <laughs> Dude, I love fish oil. Yeah, man. But um, I'm, I'm a little scared. I'm a little, ah, I shouldn't say scared. There has been periods of time where I sit down and I'm like, Dude, I eat a lot of salmon. <laughs> like, how much salmon can I eat before I should consider mercury as a thing? <laughs> right. Because I eat I a know. lot of salmon. I don't think salmon carries that much mercury. I think you're fine. Tuna is the higher content. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know if these are really fresh salmon, fresh caught flash frozen or are they farm raised or are they you know i have no idea are they fresh in a large farm like <laughs> like you know what i mean like i don't know i, I hope I that get, they tell the truth can you pull up the blue house salmon so when i'm at sprouts and if they which they generally don't have like a wild caught but i looked into their blue house line of salmon and that's the one i tend to get it seems to be pretty solid quality I get wild caught when possible, but the um, blue house, whatever farming setup seems to be relatively legit. Blue house. Dude, I like how images just uh, show you stuff. How do right. they compare? Yeah, so blue house. organic man this is another thing that i'm i'm not a fan of is um these these trends of uh health and fitness i am so sick of like organic like for example if someone comes in and they're like hey i want your opinion they're like i need a clean source of protein um a clean source of whey protein um okay cool like what do you mean by by clean right that's my um, first question every time. Right. So like without sucralose, do you want stevia? But then there's people that are saying like, oh, I need um, grass-fed whey protein, grass-fed, grass-finished, right? Or organic. I'm like, you understand that like the process of making the whey protein could filter out anything that's inorganic. Like, like if there's any type of like hormones, like I'm... I'm like almost positive that if you get a whey protein isolate or a hydroxylated isolate, I'm pretty sure those hormones are like out of it. There's no way, right? I mean, you'd be seeing like trend popping up in people's blood, uh, 
and bloodstream, right? So it's like, uh, but uh, you don't see that. So I, I don't understand that. Plus, it's not grass-fed, grass-finished. Plus, you don't really care because you're not getting the fat anyways. So like grass-fed, grass-finished, it, it's only purposeful if you're eating a ribeye or a T-bone, like that's going to have the fat on the end. But if you're just getting a freaking milk uh, that's been processed, into a whey protein or you're eating a lean piece of steak you don't need the grass-fed grass finish because there's no toxicities or estrogens or hormones that are inside the meat versus um in the fat like you're talking trace amounts in lean sources of meat but like it's so it like baffles me that like they they see organic and then they automatically say oh this is healthier because i eat organic bananas I am healthier. It's not like it doesn't like, or it's going to help me with my weight loss. Like it's still the same calories. Like, <laughs> but I go over this with clients all the time. I do prefer them get quality eggs. And if we have mm-hmm. a fatty cut of meat, I do prefer them to get a quality fatty cut of meat, but things like their chicken, or if we're doing like lean ground Turkey, uh, whey protein, especially in isolate, I'm like, buy the best value. Like, for those things, especially if it's going to be a heavy base of your plan, there is no point for me to have clients spend double the price on an organic chicken breast. When, like you said, the protein content does not change. It's the fatty acid content that changes. And you're looking at trace amounts of fat in these sources. So, but we have, I had someone come in the other day and ask for a clean pre-workout. I'm like, by my definition, everything that's on the shelf. Yeah, it's all it's clean. Like, it's all dirty, man. Stick your hand in there, you freaking shake it. It goes everywhere. It's freaking dirty. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like what? Clean pre-workout. So that's like salt, some beet juice, some watermelon juice, watermelon, <laughs> carbs, um, food. I don't know. Like, what? What do you want? He's stuck on like a coat what do they call it like cocoa leaf or whatever the what's the uh little cocaine leaf um oh, yeah i'm not sure but when it comes down to like real quick back to organic the yeah. only things that i would for like produce if it's something that has an outer shell or something that's mm-hmm. not going to be consumed on the outside oranges bananas avocados those type of things yeah i don't care as much there but like an apple or something that you're going to be consuming the outer outside of it, especially if you're eating a lot of it. That's maybe the one spot I can make an argument for. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. If you can, if you eat a lot, right. But it's like um, with that, in that case, the problem with like the um, organic fruits is that they, they get ripe so quick. Right. And um, what I try to opt for is frozen organic berries frozen organic like things that that again i'm going to be eating the flesh of if i can and then i will not um get the or as much organic uh like non-frozen produce but um because i even think that i'm like 99 sure flash freezing produce and vegetables you actually get a higher antioxidant uh, return plus you cook them whenever you um uh defrost them and then that helps increase the amount of antioxidants so 
that's kind of the route that that I go with that. Um, the but here's the here's the the kicker. What do you tell people about like the uh, the apples that are like GMO, like the apples that are like they have like specific blends of apples. It's like they have to like genetically modify them to make like this apple and a pear together and they sell it. You know what I mean? It's not like a Fuji apple or Gala that are just like you can buy organic for sure. But those are like natural apples. But then you have some people that make these like freaking cotton candy grapes. You know what I mean? It's like they they genetically modify these fruits. And I'm like, and they label organic on it. So it's like it's organic, it's but it is GMO. And uh and they think it's fine because it says organic, but then they're like, no, GMO is bad. But then they're eating this like cotton candy grape. Have you had those, by the way? I have not. Do you want to yeah. hear a crazy stat? I have not eaten an Oreo since they came out with their first flavored Oreo. So when there was single stuffed and double stuffed, that was the last time that I had an Oreo. And now they have like 52 different flavors. Bro, there's so many. Um, yeah. We should have people comment their favorite or least favorite flavor of the new, all those Oreo flavors. Because people are all over the board. Yeah, man. Look at this. I mean, 51 flavors, right? Dude, tell me I did. Tell me that wasn't a good guess. I said 52. <laughs> I wonder what what was the first one though, eh? Um, the original? Oh, the first flavored one. Um, yeah. Didn't they do the inside out one first? But that's is that a different flavor or is that just a vanilla outer shell? I think the same thing. I think in class, like it's the first one that wasn't like the original Oreo style, and then from there it got crazy. We should Banana Google which one was the first. Was yeah. that the first? No, banana split, cookie dough, Oreo. This, here's the thing, though. Cool, these are vegan. However, these really don't look appetizing because people are going to freak out when they hear you like, oh, uh, you haven't had an Oreo in how long? It's like, I haven't had freaking McDonald's in however long. Like the last time I had like a slushy from there, I like puked during deadlift. It was terrible. Yeah, we talked about this on the, gym, the, huh? the drive to revive. <laughs> We talked about this. Dude, yeah, I know, it, was, dude. it was probably uh, 10 plus years ago. I used to be obese. Fat kid, lived at McDonald's. The dollar menu was life. McChicken with cheese, homie. Hey, right there. But, Look at that. Reduced fat Oreo. That's right. Oh, <laughs> um, so real quick, I'm going to have to come back to this. But um, so I didn't eat McDonald's for quite a while as I was losing all my weight. And then I went back and I'm like, I used to smash double quarter pounder with pounders so i went got that got a large fry whatever and this is when like i was full-blown like winning eating contests like bottomless pit just bottomless yeah i got halfway through this and i felt so nauseous i threw it away <laughs> but i don't know what this is Dude. hey look at this peeps oreos i haven't seen like i've seen the majority of these um because I feel like Pop-Tarts are kind of doing the same thing. Like, there's just so many Pop-Tarts. Right. Um, Before I lose my train of thought, though. The so, fat. My, my client, his wife, just gave birth 
just stopped breastfeeding. So she's starting to focus on weight loss again. So she went and baked some like healthy cookie recipes. Mm -hmm. And he, I'm having him track his macros. I have very few clients that go based on macros daily. Most are meal plans. And if they need to utilize a, a macro approach on certain days, because they're traveling, it's, it's an option, but normally not. So he's just tracking macros. Uh, he's actually using the Carbon Diet Coach app. Yeah. But I started taking over the actual programming stuff with training and everything, but he's still utilizing that app to track. So she's starting to track again and get serious about it. And it's just like, oh, I made these healthy cookies. You want one? He's like, oh, it doesn't fit. Like I've already eaten what I was going to eat today. He's like, oh, what are the calories on it? And she broke down the, she went and figured out the calories per cookie based on the uh, thing. There was mm-hmm. more calories in that cookie than if she went and just bought a Nestle or whatever. What's the cookie dough? Nestle, right? The cookie dough roll? Uh, what? I have no idea. Cookie like dough the cookie roll. dough tube that you like? Oh, yeah. Is it Nestle? Yeah. Pillsbury? Nestle? I don't know. One of those. It <laughs> literally broke. It was a healthy cookie, but it had like one and a half times the calories it's like well if your goal is weight loss there is nothing about that that is going to make it like it wasn't high protein right it wasn't high fiber like it literally is just more calories you could have a normal cookie which i don't ever program or have in people's plans as like a part of their day but she could have eaten a normal cookie and had less calories from yeah yeah, man, it's um, yeah, it's crazy. The uh, the amount of calories some of these people eat and like these homemade things or random other bags of low fat, low calorie items. I don't know. I mean, if it's actually low calorie, I don't really have an issue with it. I'm gonna send you something quick. It's a new, so I have a a bunch of fundamental stuff that all my clients go over that addresses basically every aspect that would be required for a client to have success. Yeah. And the last one I just finished was the one I, Oh, should I email you so you can, if you want to pull it up, I sent you a text. Yeah. So I'm going to send it right now. And people don't realize when I, why I limit process like a lot of processed foods or why I don't do a lot of macro based stuff. Yeah. Is because of this. And most people don't realize that there is that they're allowed to be off in their calorie amounts by up to 20%. So I sent you, I sent you an email with the little write down I had, and I linked the study in there, but it legitimately, even if you're tracking it, not alone, not, yeah, so this is like one of many things that I have in there, but in that 20% variance link is a link just to like them explaining this, but yeah. not only are serving sizes generally wrong, like if you a serving size is like one tortilla or one this, when yeah. you put it on the scale, that serving size could not be right. Like the tortilla could weigh more than what the serving size says, but you see one as a quantity and you automatically assume. So there's extra calories yeah. that might be being consumed there. Plus, when we look into this, even if you weighed out the correct serving, 
they could potentially have 20% more calories than what it adds up to on the label. So if you're tracking macros and wondering why you're not losing weight, but you're eating the exact macros you're supposed to eat, high and highly processed foods will could, in theory, be eating an extra 10, 15, 20% of calories yeah. each time you're consuming that. And that adds up for like these people that are doing a lot of processed food options. Yeah. Um, yeah. People believe everything that they read. It's like, I don't know, like why on earth would, um, like why would they be so accurate on their calories, like their um, calories or their macronutrients of processed foods? Like they're not in the business of health at all. They're in the business of selling. So to think that they were, they would actually spend or invest the money to make sure that this is all correct. That like these, like every bag is going to be the same or every item is going to have the same amount of oil, hydrogenated oil in it. Like it, it's never going to happen. And so like, it's hard to stay away from it too. But um, the average person isn't going to be like you. They're not going to like not eat a Oreo for however long, but they, they do indulge, especially with parents. I think that that's where the caveat is. When you have a kid, you typically want to buy food that is processed because it's easier on the go. But then sometimes the kids don't finish eating their food. So then we typically bag it. Um, I don't like eat it or I just throw it away. Um, it, it's a lot. It is what it is. But um, I know there's a lot of parents that they're like, oh, like my kid didn't finish, you know, this chicken nugget and this and this and this. And so I ate it, but it wasn't that much. But then, okay, well, you just ate like all these little things that your kid didn't eat. It's all processed foods. Well, then now sometimes that can actually hinder your fat loss. So stop the metabolic response to breaking down fat or it increases your hunger sensation. Uh, yeah. So in that message, it also talks about satiety, which is yeah. obviously going to be a big part of it. But people don't realize like, oh, I eat exactly on plan. But then they start mentioning like, oh, I had this little snack and I had this little snack. Oh, this thing was only 100 calories. But you ate three of them today. That's 300 yeah. extra calories. If you were in a 500 calorie deficit to lose approximately a pound a week, you just eliminate most of that deficit if you're eating 300 more calories with snacks. And I struggle because I try to feed my clients as much food as I can while still getting weight loss. So yeah. with that being said, like we are running at one, one and a half, maybe two pounds of fat loss per week based on how the numbers break down, break down. And we know with water retention, all that fun stuff, it might not always reflect that, but that's what the numbers are put there for. Yeah. But if I'm already feeding you as much as I can to achieve that. And you eat a snack over, you're like, oh, but it was one little snack. We're, we're eating so clean, it won't matter. I'm like, I am trying to feed you as much as I can to maintain performance in the gym while getting fat loss. If I was crash dieting you and we were in a thousand calorie deficit or more each day, that snack probably isn't going to do much for slowing down weight loss. But based on how I coach and try to, I try to feed them a high as high as food as I can to maintain muscle mass, maintain performance. And so they don't feel like they're starving to death. Yeah. And that but should be the goal that, of every coach should not be to cut your food or eliminate your food. It should be to increase your physical activity and increase the quality of your food. 
So, I mean, that's, that's kind of the basis of everything. Um, but um, I got the, uh, the lady that's here that uh, we need to sign papers. So I do have to cut it short, but I will actually make a clip. Hey, bud. Um, but uh, I'll make a clip. Okay, thank you. Um, but uh, yeah, like that could be your main process as a coach. It's, anybody could cut food. Uh, but to actually have the knowledge to be able to say, hey, like the main purpose of this physical activity is to make sure that you're um, fed and uh, in a fed state to give you energy throughout the day. Because the first thing that we're going to see when we cut food is we're going to see uh, less activity. We're going to see less produ productivity at work, less productivity within your family, within your responsibilities, within your hobbies. Uh, and then that will lead to, again, kind of that, that binging and then and then you you try to to eliminate or restrict food uh the next few days to make up for feeling guilty through that and so any coach that does that that's just a sign for you to, to stop with them um but uh yeah well and real quick because i know you're gonna leave yeah. also people that do like completely off the wall refeed cheat meals and it's not kind of bracketed in with some yeah. guidance whatsoever. Yeah. If, again, say we're in a 500 calorie deficit to lose a pound a week, if that's 3,500 calories. If you go smash an entire large pizza and an entire tub of ice cream, you eliminated our entire week's deficit yep. in that one meal. Yep. You're like, oh, I was so good for six days. Why didn't I lose any weight? Yep. Because you consumed 5,000 calories of garbage in one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that, that's literally the same idea as, okay, I saved, I saved $2,000 this month, but then the day after that month, you spend 3000 and you're like, yeah. I just saved all that money. Well, you just blew it plus then some. So now we have to go back and create, and dig us out of this hole. And so it's, it's, it's baffling that our industry is not as well-versed as the financial industry, I'd say, but we all see how Americans are with their finances, right? So they're, why wouldn't they be the same way with their quality of, of health? So right. it's a re-education re, re process, but um, yeah, slowly chipping away at it. But I, it, all this information that's on the internet, all these trends, they just, they distort the sort of the thinking and the idea and realistic expectations of people. And um, yeah, that's, that's why we have the specific podcast that we listen to. Lane Norton was going to have a debate with a, a clean eater. Like you can't yeah. lose weight without eating hundred percent clean. And, right. But his argument was like, he would be a clean eater, only eat clean food. And then he'd have one cheat meal on the weekends. And this is way better than, eating a small amount if you account into your macros throughout the week and lane this never happened but lane norton said like his entire argument he would see what this guy posted on social media for his refeeds he went and calculated those the calories <laughs> of rough ballpark and he was over consuming what lane norton was even though he was having a pop the whole thing was he's a pop turd guy he's not even right. a pop -turd yeah guy. but yeah. He, he used it as an example He's like, if I wanted to eat well, Pop-Tart post-workout every single day, I am still in a bigger calorie deficit than you eating clean 
all throughout the week and having this crazy meal. And the number, it's like, it's, the numbers are right here. Like, you it's pretty simple. Like, I don't have a lot of clients utilizing a lot of process stuff as like a staple in their plan. But if they wanted to replace something, I try to empower my clients to understand, like, if you're going to replace this meal, understand what the composition of that meal is. You're going to aim for X amount of protein and X amount of carbs, whatever. Mainly if yeah. you get the protein and total calories right, I will let them have some variety if they're not in like a prep or something. But yeah. I try to teach them that. But with that being said, like that flexibility is better than them, them going and having no flexibility and having this crazy cheat meal where I don't put any guidance on it. Whatever you want. If you feel like yeah. drinking syrup out of the bottle, you ate clean all week. You deserve it. But the numbers don't add up. Yeah. What I do sometimes, just is just a kind of a takeaway, um, to see how well I am teaching my clients is I will say, hey, you know, you, you know, you've been you've been doing well either in the gym, like getting stronger, or you're losing body fat, right? So we're we're doing either one. We try not to do. We can't really do both at the same time unless you're really really new. But um, yeah, that's who. Just take clay. You can eat anything, but uh, <laughs> you're you're real shaky. But you can eat anything. Uh, but like, what I'll do is like, hey, you can have a like, you can have a free day. Go ahead, eat what you want. Just let me know what you eat. Send me pictures, and then I can see how well they actually understand. Like, okay, I want to make sure that let's say I fast for the majority of the day. I eat my one meal, and then I I go into activity. And then I eat another meal that's off plan, right? And then that's kind of like what I like to see. And so typically they, they'll stop those cravings based on their lifestyle. So um, I, I kind of throw that in there as tests just to see what happens. And some, you know, some of them pass, some of them fail. It, it is what it is. But Yeah. I have some clients that have been with me longer that we're getting to a point. They send their check-ins. I'm like, based on your feedback, what do you think our next step should be? Yeah. And I have one client that was with me for six months and she was planning to stop. She's like, I've learned so much. I'm going to see if I can do it on my own. And then if I need to come back, I can. But in that time period, in that six months, my prices have went up. So yeah. anyone that stays active with me without no breaks, I let them keep the price that they signed up for originally. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. We'll wrap. All right, man. Uh, we'll, we'll do another day on this. And uh, I, got more to, I got more to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> me too. All right.